excited today to have this roundtable discussion. I'm Robbie Coleman. This is Miss Sharon Sanders. She is executive director for CFI. We also have with us today, I would call scholars um, in Judaism and Christian-Jewish relations. The first one, David Nekrutman. David has just finished a book, Your Sabbath Invitation. If you would like to read this book, and it'll be like something you've never read, you will be blessed by it. Go to YourSabbathInvitation.com. David is also director of the Isaiah Project, and you will also learn that about him as you go to his website. When I came to Israel to live, he was one of the first that built a relationship with me, and um, I've very much appreciate that. Also, we have Jonathan Feldstein. Jonathan is is uh, no stranger to many people. I read from him recently from Charisma Magazine, uh, Jerusalem Post, uh, Israel 365. Uh, Jonathan is president of the Genesis 123 Foundation, Genesis 12 and 3. That's where that came from, right? Genesis 12 and 3. Then also, David, you are author, director of the Isaiah Project. Tell, tell us real quickly what the Isaiah Project is in a nutshell. What an honor to be here. Excited to be in Jerusalem with you to discuss important events that are happening between Jews and Christians. The Isaiah Project is a ministry that's dedicated to creating Hebraic resources for Christians that they understand they're part of a greater narrative with the Jewish people and the land of Israel. And we're specifically uh, focusing on the homeschool world uh, but the first uh, Hebraic resource is your Sabbath invitation. I'm honored to be here with you. Jonathan is president of Genesis 123 Foundation, but tell us about the, that foundation, Jonathan. Sure. Well, thank you. First of all, it is really my honor to be here with the both of you, with you, David, as well. Uh, Genesis 123 Foundation has a very simple but, but important mission to build bridges between Jews and Christians and Christians with Israel in ways that are new and unique and meaningful. But tell us the best way that Christians can impart to the younger generation something that will put a love in them for Israel. We're seeing, we're seeing a struggle in that, especially in the U.S. What... What are you doing to help with that? We're seeing a big struggle with that. Um, last year, there were two surveys released indicating a 50% drop in support among young Christians for Israel. And that's alarming because it's in the same decade in which millions of dollars have been invested to bring young Christians to Israel. So, so something's not being done right or not being done enough. And not for now, but a later conversation. It's something that this year, the Genesis 123 Foundation is tackling, is taking on with um, with a very broad-based uh, task force. But my personal feeling is that it really is about relationships. When I talk about building relationships, it's not just our word that we need to fill in. We need to do a lot of what uh, CFI has been doing for decades of, of, of making real substantive connections, experiential. Uh, I, I'll never ever say to anybody, don't get on a regular traditional tour and get on and off a bus all day. But I do think that we need to get a lot more depth going in that. And I think uh, none of us around the table um, can define ourselves as young. 
So I can't speak on a, on a personal behalf, but I think that we just need to make this much more personal. My sense is, and it's not just young Christians, I'm coming from a Jewish perspective, is that people don't want to be preached to. They want to experience. They want to feel. They want to be part of. And there's no contradiction in that. There's no contradiction at all in saying, well, these are, this is what we preach. And this is why we're doing it in here. Now you can touch it. Now you can taste it. Now you can feel it. Now you can be part of it here in the land, connecting with the people, even even, uh, virtually as we're doing now. You know, Jonathan, in the States, there are a lot of colleges that have become very anti-Semitic. And I can't imagine why anyone would kind of put a cover over young people when they're wanting to learn about their Jewish roots. But honestly, there's some colleges that have have banned um, Jewish groups and clubs from their college. What do you, I mean, how, how can we change that? That's a that's an incredible question, because before before the experience of banning, I think that uh, Jewish Jews and Christians must stand together on this because ultimately we're talking about the same biblical values. We're all connected to Israel. We're all connected to the Temple Mount that's behind us and they're inseparable to us. But before even we talk about how to um, how we can change the reality on American campuses, we need to start individually. And when you were speaking, I'm thinking of the Jewish students who are afraid to be publicly Jewish on campus, who won't put a mezuzah on the door of their of their dorm room, who won't go necessarily to a uh, Friday night Shabbat dinner at their local Hillel or or other organization, or or be too closely associated with the celebration of Israel because the celebration of Israel is going to be boycotted. In my day, it used to only be by Arabs, but now it's, uh, you have a lot of, um, and I don't like using the term, but, but it's a fair term, just a lot of woke people who are looking for ways to, to attack Israel. And that's all the more reason, and I see it on the campuses, that Jews and Christians must stand together. I want to compliment what Jonathan is saying. I think from a Christian perspective of, of the engagement I've done over 20 years, uh, the discipleship in the church has to begin with the understanding that Jesus uh, not only was Jewish, but for a Christian is Jewish, and that the Judaism of Jesus is vitally important to their identity. So once you understand that the Judaism of Jesus and the Judaisms of the day and second temple period and what that meant, then if that's Im- implemented in the discipleship in the church, then the narrative changes to one that is more closely aligned with the Jewish people in the state of Israel. Wow, yep. Ms. Sharon, um, you have a question for David. We've been longtime friends. Now, catch that. I didn't say old friends because you're not yet in my category, but we've known each other a long time. And I feel like I can ask you about anything I want to ask. And I know that you did something very special in the, over the last year or two. You know, I, I had the privilege of studying with Rabbi Yaakov for 18 years. You know, we studied together. We got to know each other. Things, it was a wonderful time. But here you go and you call me one day and say, I'm going to Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm going to attend classes there. Now, I think that's outstandingly special. So what I want to know, how long were you there? Did you come back any different from that experience? Was it worth the time that you spent away from Israel and your family? And what was the most important lesson that you came away with? 
Well, uh, because we're friends and because it is about the relationship, I, I can't be fully Jewish as a steward in the land of Israel as part of the nation of the Jewish people mm-hmm. without you. There is a covenantal experience that we are supposed to share with one another that brings God to the world, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to the world. Uh, that is not in a vacuum, nor is in a VIP club. And therefore, in order for me to be who I am, I need you. I know many Christians say they can't be who they are without the Jewish people. I'm flipping the equation around that a nation that's filling the biblical prophecy can't be who it is without the partnership with the other nations. It doesn't mean that unity has to be sameness. It means that the unity has to respect each other and covenantly work together to better the world, to bring more God into the world. That's great, because you know what? About four years ago, you said, you know what? We're trying to figure out. You, you guys fit into this someplace, but we're not sure where. And now you're telling me a lot more. Okay. I'm interested. Okay, there we go. So uh, thank God for Dr. Brad Young, and thank God for uh, Dr. Mark Rutland, who was the former president of Walla Roberts University. My last conversation with my own mentor in Jewish-Christian relations, Rabbi Dr. Gerald Meister, was in Israel from the Fountain of Tears yeah. to Tel Aviv to take back my mentor to his hotel. But we, the reason why I brought my mentor to Rick Wenicke's Fountain of Tears is because we facilitated a trip from Yale University of Orthodox Jewish students and evangelical students. Every week we'd get together and learn the Bible. This is back in 2012, 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, 20, I'm sorry, 2013. Um, therefore, uh, when I brought my rabbi to the Fountain of Tears and gave them some manna to think about yeah. for both the students, both of the Orthodox uh, side and for the Evangelical side, what was quite amazing is the ride back, I said to my rabbi, you know, there's something about the Holy Spirit that if we would actually have a conversation, an official conversation on, I think we can actually make the bridge a little closer between Jews and Christians. And he said to me, David, you're, you're on the right track. So that was a good sign, a good affirmation. After the holiday, after Passover, let's talk. Unfortunately, I didn't know at the time he had prostate cancer, and he passed away literally the day before Passover. So I felt a certain responsibility to uh, honor the legacy of my own mentor, and I felt the way to do that was academically to search about the Holy Spirit and how that language that is used by spirit-filled Christians and by Jews to come together in a moment like this. Uh, So the only university I felt comfortable going to was where Dr. Brad Young, who who created a Judeo-Christian studies program over three decades ago, who learned under David Flusser here in Hebrew University, received his PhD from David Flusser. David Flusser is known as the Orthodox academic who talked about the Jewishness of Jesus. Um, and Dr. Mark Rutland, who is a personal friend of mine, who respects Judaism, who understands that it's vital, uh, vital part of the redemptive history that we're working together. And I just said, you know, Mark accepted me, really. That was uh, a brave part on his on his side of the aisle. And so my thesis is on the Hebraic roots of the Holy Spirit. The whole purpose was to examine the Holy Spirit. Um, the highlight of it is it was worth it to go to All Roberts University for 
several expressions that I can immediately make a fellowship with Christians that we are here based upon covenant, sanctification, and holiness. And if I say those three terms, automatically a Christian who's committed to their faith knows exactly what I'm talking about, and there's a shared vocabulary to move the relationship, even though it's the first time many Christians are seeing me or even experiencing a Jew teaching them. It was worth it just for that. Okay. But I also experienced the other side of where we're not in mainstream Jewish-Christian relations where I have to defend my side of the aisle and Christians have to defend their other side of the aisle. Right? We're, we're, we're actually having a relationship. We're talking about deep things about God and the commitment of my Christian co-religious and, and students in the, the graduate classes was phenomenal. They really want to do things for God and willing to sacrifice everything for that commitment. That's inspiring. Why would someone go to the, the ends of the earth for their faith alone? Not as a Peace Corps thing, not to get an, an elective from, from college, but simply because my faith has dictated me and has mandated me to go to that corner of the world to bring God to that part. And that, to me, was inspirational. And, and the conversations we had about faith, it, it made me a better Jew. I know that sounds weird for me as an Orthodox Jew going into a spirit-filled university, engaging with Christians made me a better Jew, but it did throughout the process. So I owe a great debt of gratitude to Dr. Brad Young, all the classmates, uh, at all Roberts University, including Mark Rutland. And, and so it's just been one of those highlights to go behind the scenes, to really go to the human experience of what we're all grappling with at the end of the day. You're exciting to me because <clears throat> with you saying to me that, um, you know, your experience made you a better Jew was not a negative on the college or the Christians you were around, but it made you think deeper about some of the things you encountered or learned as well as it's doing for us. And I think it's exciting because the bottom line is relationship. If you don't know somebody, and how can you judge them? I mean, how can you make a decision about what they really believe? You have to know that person. And uh, yeah, I think it's great Thank what you. you've done. So just, just to answer, I started in 2013 and finished in 2018. Okay. Okay, so Very good. 63 credits. So, <laughs> it was actually more tough than my master's in social work. <laughs> so what were you ordained as? <laughs> so that's it. That was fun. It's fun because I used to work for uh, Ortar Stone Center for Jewish Christian Understanding yeah. and Cooperation. Yeah. It was Rabbi Riskin who actually right. wrote one of the letters of recommendation yeah. along with Pastor Stephen Corey yeah. and Monsignor Guy Massey from the, from the diocese in Brooklyn. So I covered all bases. But... Uh, but the joke was, uh, at Oratory Stone, they would call me Pastor David Necrutman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got you. <laughs> That's good. David, when I heard that you had, had gone to an evangelical, spirit-filled college, I thought, on one hand, it's absolutely wonderful, but on the other hand, we have a lot of teachings that you guys consider kind of pagan, but yet you, you go and you still love us when you come out of that, and you're able to overlook what you see as a flaw in us 
and love us anyway. I know in certain circles within in mainstream Jewish Christian relations, certain Jews will put you in a category that I think is insulting. So I want to make this very clear. I believe you are covenanted. You are part of the experience of the covenant. You believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Your expression through that is through Jesus. And I understand fully through the gospel of John that your relationship is solely to the Father through Jesus. And I respect that. Even though that's a mystery to me, I'm not putting you into this uh, category of paganism. I put you in the category of believing in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jake. So I want to make that very clear. You are a faith partner, not a person who's in a category of idol worship or paganism. You're, 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 you, by just having your Bible, including the Hebrew scriptures, along with the apostolic writings, aka the New Testament, there is a already automatic understanding and a commitment to him and his covenant. So who am I to go ahead and take you out from that and put you onto another category that is quite insulting? So I want to clear the air. I don't view you from a perspective of paganism whatsoever. Jonathan, you also you you have seen that attitude oh, and you deal oh, with it. I, I've seen it. I'm 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 subject to criticism frequently because of what I do. And, and where I go and who my friends are, I'm subject to tremendous criticism by lots of Jewish friends. And I, for me, when I spoke earlier about building bridges, it has to be both ways. I also try to help Jews understand the relationship that we have, Jews and Christians, together. It's not a one-way street with me just trying to be friends with you. It's got to be um, reciprocal. And we have a lot of baggage that we bring along, um, thousands of years of it. And we'll, as two people who just traveled across the U.S. and lived out of suitcases, we're, we'll use a metaphor and just slowly unpacking that baggage. I want to let you know one thing. There are only two people that I can have a conversation about Jewish-Christian relations in any depth within my side in the Orthodox Jewish world. And the number one person is Jonathan, and the other one would be Shmuel Bowman from Operation Life Shield. Those are the only two people because they really understand what it is that we're doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And therefore, you know, we always, we're, always like, we're always living out from suitcases, Jonathan. But the, the truth is, is that seeing Jonathan doing this inspires me, and that's why I'm, I'm an, it's an honor to be part of Genesis 1, 2, 3. As I learned in college, although it wasn't a spirit-filled evangelical college, just a good old private university in Atlanta, back at you. And we and we have the same thing on our side. We we say, well, they're wrong about this, wrong about that. But I'm telling you, me and Sharon are both evangelical Christians, and um, she's going to say there's things she does not agree with me on, and vice versa. I praise God we're finally getting to a place that we can appreciate what we have in yes. common. Yes. And David, you put me on a rabbi's writings that I have thoroughly loved, and I never hear anybody reference him. Rabbi Emkin. Did I mispronounce uh, that? Rabbi Emden. Emden, Rabbi Emden. I love his writings, especially where he says Rabbi Emden meets the Apostle Paul. And it's foundations like this and foundations like you guys are talking about today that's going to make it possible for us to become that one new man. And we're getting so close. Jonathan and I look alike, so much alike. We're becoming one new man. And for that, I'm very, very thankful. And um, 
we're going to wrap this session up and we're coming back because we want to go deeper with this discussion. Anybody have a statement before I close this session? I just want to really thank both of you for standing in the gap way before us. Uh, I don't think we would be able to do our calling without you. And I know, Sharon, you paid a, a very dear price coming in a time to Israel where most Jews didn't understand this relationship because of the uh, historical past of what the church did in the name of Jesus to the Jewish people. There wasn't an openness that you find today the willingness to even trust the relationship. So for you to be here at a time where the trust wasn't there and still stick it out, we owe you a great debt of gratitude. Well, I'll take it a step further. And I would add that if it weren't for you and people like you who, who, who've done what you've done, I don't know that we could do what we did, that we, what we've been doing. You've laid that foundation. And not just as we've talked uh, on other conversations, not just for other Christians to stand with Israel, but for us as Jews to to reciprocate that. Well, thank you. I think that we're all in kind of agricultural work. We're plowing hard ground, yeah. but we're turning it over. Yes. And what's underneath the soil is pretty exciting. Our next segment is going to be great as well. We invite you to be a part of that. <laughs> 